0: Okay, hello and welcome along to another episode of Left On Red. Hopefully this episode is a bit happier after Arsenal demolished Aston Villa last night. 3-1. Really well.
1: So my match day experience is quite a hectic one actually. I had a really busy day yesterday and usually the home matches are slightly less interesting for us to discuss in unmatched the experience. Yeah, Se- we don't. There's, there's not much to but say about the city. city. I have quite a lot to say about my day yesterday. So it's, I started trekking in the morning to Tottenham Hale, a disgusting area. Um, I've been there twice and I've been mugged twice yeah. to Tottenham. Well, that says a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. but to collect a new bike. Nice. Um, Harry's bike got nice. stolen. Of- yeah, not great. If you've not got, in Tottenham though. If you've got Harry's bike, please give it back. Yeah, please do. Put my number in the description below. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so then I cycled that I cycled that home and then later I was going to meet a mate for a walk on the Heath and on the way I was meeting another mate to give my ticket to. Actually it was Raph, who was on the podcast a couple of episodes ago and he, he I had to get there a certain time before he went to work and I've left and I've got to his house just before his house and I thought, yeah, I knew I missed something, forgot something. Yeah, turns out I didn't bring his ticket, so I've called him and I've sprinted back to mine. No. he's, he's completely underestimating my pace here because he's just thought without telling me it'd be a good idea to cycle down to mine because it's somehow on the way to his work kind of little diversion anyway so i've got my ticket locked the door ran straight back up towards his he's called me as i got back to his going yeah so costa i'm just outside your house i thought i'd cycle down don't leave leave you the hassle of coming coming all the way back and whatnot i Uh. thought Oh jeez so It's quite funny though So it's, all, got,
0: it's all gone wrong
1: really. it's, it's, all, it's gone as wrong As it possibly could have But no He cycled back up And we met And then he, off he went to work but It's a happy ending It's a happy ending And then yeah, Later I went back To my grandparents Which I was at earlier To have dinner And then I met Another mate To go to the match with So the three of us Went together And that's quite nice Because he went to The Wimbledon game With us actually Oh yeah yeah, We him um, at the Wimbledon game Yeah And we yeah, had a few beers Before the match And off we went So it was a nice little day I didn't really do anything. I never do anything on home games. I mean, neither do I,
0: usually. Like, days of home games, I'm just sort of sat there waiting for the game to start. N- nervous. Sort of yeah. Of that's about what I do. Went Building for lunch. Up. Oh, actually, went for lunch. I wasn't a fan of the Villa fans yesterday, right? I've not, like, I've not really ever had a real problem with them. But, firstly, went for lunch on Holloway Road, and they've all come out of... Um, Station? Uh, no, 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 of Waitrose. Like sort of stumbling out with a load of strongbows, okay, um, and then I've just gone sh- shouting in my face, Villa, 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 English, yeah, yeah, but like proper, like
1: proper, like spitting, okay. So yeah. I didn't and like that. Molecules flying, it, yeah, yeah, no, not nice.
0: And then just before the game, someone uh, walked walked down down the steps outside our house and
1: uh, just done a piss on oh, our that's door. Nice, yeah. yeah. So I wasn't a huge fan of that. No, I mean you shouldn't be.
0: No, yeah. but it's pretty
1: no. fairly. Disgustingly typical thing a football fan does. You see it quite a lot on the yeah. walls and stuff in the tunnels as you go you know, by the Emirates. Yeah, I don't you know whether you remember. I don't know. know
0: whether you remember in um, uh, when we used to play in Europe back in the good old days. Oh, that's too long. Ago. <laughs> um, especially with some of the Europa League ties. Like I remember, AC Milan came and no. Olympiakos. Yes, we had the um, Yeah, and. They had to, they had to end up putting um, urinals on hybrid fields <laughs> because everyone like the Olympiacos fans just gathered there for the whole day oh, and and Cologne. Do you remember when we played Cologne yeah, and it was yeah, their yeah. first European game? Yeah, and they were all there on the fields and it ended up just literally being a field of piss. Yeah, so they had to put urinals on the fields and the urinals were literally right across from our window. Oh, nice. So basically, the was whole thing was watching people steaming piss. across the fields towards your game. A wrench. Yeah, like a wrench of, of smell. A wrench is not
1: a smell, bro. Is it not? Uh, a reek. A reek. I'm pretty sure you like something, something. A wrench? No, it is a reek. I meant to say the re- something can reek, what we're A stench. Out. A stench! There it is. <laughs> there it is, yeah. Was there not a stench? I don't know why I thought a wrench. No. Yeah, there were yeah, a little bit of a stench. Okay, cool. Step more of a stench of beer. Okay. That's pretty typical as well though. Yeah true. It's always quite nice a little little stench of beer. Not not beer not, mixed with piss.
0: No, no, not at all. But not too bad. No. Went to uh went to buy the Guna from Lathey. Of course you did. Not not from Lathey, from Alex. Okay. Uh I'm on the front cover of the new issue of the Guna. I might have to buy one then. There you go, bought that by the Arsenal station. Went to see Fat Harry at his hot dog stand. Yeah, free hot dog. Fantastic, yeah, of course. He never charges me, bless no. his soul. I Always try and give him money. Never allows it. No, he doesn't allow it. Uh, but yeah, it was it was it was quite a pretty perfect day actually. It's a lovely
1: Friday. Yeah,
0: yeah. I it, I was saying to Harry on the way up here, it's actually really nice being the the first game of the weekend if you win, because then you can just sort of sit there and enjoy the rest of the football. And it even better if teams you don't like drop a few
1: points. Absolutely, because you can you laugh no, at them. You with have no stress, like you know that you can send memes to your mates and whatnot. Yeah, exactly. there's, there's no pressure of you then not delivering yeah, when you came last just weekend. like what happened on Monday with us exactly Yeah, I mean, look, there's just a feeling that we've done our job Like now we can sit back and relax and watch other games Exactly. although I've got no time off work so I'm a bit annoyed and gutted I'm going to miss um, the big oh, derby the ga- tomorrow
0: no, the games are just kicking off now actually yeah, we're recording yeah.
1: this on a Saturday so we're recording just... this at 3pm on a Saturday and we're not missing anything because every kickoff is a stinker I'm going to put on the Everton game though because I've captained Damari Gray in my first okay, year <laughs> he's,
0: he's doing well this season I... One point five million. Yeah, it's a show. Sure. He's no Emile Smith row, though. He's not he? an Emile Smith row.
1: No.
0: <sighs> I also really enjoyed uh, I thought the fans were unbelievable yesterday. We were
1: really good, it was so loud in the north. There was yesterday. I thought there was gonna be like a hangover from Monday's game. But was, there was just absolutely. There was a bit of disgruntled actually in my section between fans oh, really? booing and not booing Emmy Martinez. Mm. Um I didn't, but I fully understand people who did. Yeah, Mainly were, because I couldn't be asked for the arguing, even though yeah, my, my wife was a difference. There were
0: people behind us who were a bit upset about that. I think mo- most of them hadn't seen what he'd said about us in interviews. Multiple then.
1: interviews, that's oh, the thing, It's just it? been so annoying. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just don't really like he's, he's a great goalkeeper. Yeah, good goalkeeper. And he did wonders for us. Yeah. But it's just sometimes sport is sport and you don't need to run your mouth up to the extent that he has. Just leave it. Like, fair yeah. enough, you, you didn't want to fight
0: for the first team place. I don't know what that says about you, but fair enough, you've gone to Villa. Let's leave
1: it at that. Yeah, exactly. All right, just shut up. Like, it's not really gonna help anybody out if you. No. Talk about us in a negative light multiple times. You're not helping yourself out. We're yeah. gargantuan. Yeah, we're massive. This is what, this is what Arsenal does to, to players. Exactly. No, no the fans were sensational yesterday. Really, really buzzing, big atmosphere. Yeah. It always is on a night-time kickoff. I mean, yeah. it was only Villa, but we've all respected them. It wasn't like We did a, a live show before the game, didn't we? We did. I actually... We used to do that at home. I did a home side to myself. I know. At that, because I thought, <laughs> like, we've not actually done one of those in a Champions League match. We started them in the Europa League. No, we did.
0: We did. did we
1: Yeah, we've done we've There's done so long. I don't We've remember. done
0: three light shows. One of them was against Olympiacos. Okay. But we did one against Bayern when okay. we won 2 0 and one against
1: Barcelona I also remember one against AC Milan in yeah. the first year in the Europa League yeah. in like the course final. But now we're doing them at home to Villa right. Yeah. right. And there was a sort of a sigh of this is, you know, it's quite cool to look at, but also it's quite sad to look I at. I used to get really scared by them. Like really? whenever we when, it, when <laughs> we started doing them, I
0: used to like turn to my dad and like shake him and be like, "Dad, does this meant to happen?" Yeah. <laughs> but yeah I didn't, I didn't really enjoy that but anyway the fa- the fans were really good I also really enjoyed the,
1: the Smith Rowe and Saka chant is coming right I was saying to Raph that actually like it's good it's starting to spread but you still get this hesitation that it's not quite I mean it's too elegant for football fans well and it also never there, quite, there aren't really many lyrics on, but it never quite settles you don't get it going for rounds and rounds yeah, like, yeah. you get one or two rounds and then you might continue going, one, two, three, yeah. four, and then nobody kept well, th- with Well, I think you. the
0: one, two, three, falls the issue with the jump. You think? Because when we go one, two, three, four, no one then knows when to start. Some people start straight away, some right. people pause from while. In
1: the away, We're experienced fans up in the, the well, away, yeah. so yeah. it's you all say? right. Anyway, should we dive into the tactics section? Yeah. It's an interesting thing to talk about. Yeah, I today. reckon you've got a lot to say. A couple of changes from the cow. Woo! Let's do it. Surprise is the key word I think that I'm going to use in this sec- section of the podcast today. Mm-hmm. Mikel really used the element of surprise. I think managers do it every now and then in seasons where we always think, oh, okay, we're going to play this formation or this formation. Then we look at the lineup, we think, one up is going on here. Mm-hmm. And well, I didn't think that when I saw the lineup. Yeah, but to be was... fair, my mind immediately went to 4 2 3 1 left. And, la- and like, a, and like night. Back yeah back that's back exactly back what back. my mind went to as well so it wasn't it wasn't that but you know what I mean sometimes like you just see us go to a back three or something and you think okay what's he done here today yeah. we didn't see that but it was the same thing for the other team where, where on the pitch there was a a sense of them being flustered because they were not trained to play against the four four two, which is what <laughs> McKenna implemented yeah they looked taken aback but especially for the first half mm. um and by that time we had 2-0 lead and it was all quite secured um so yeah, we played a four four two yesterday and it was it was interesting. I was saying to my mates in the stadium yesterday that it was almost like on FIFA. You know when you play a four four two and there's yeah. like a diagonal line between the two strikers. Yeah, 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 yeah. and it's like slanted, it's like little FIFA iteration of a four four two. It was a bit like that because Lacazette was a second striker who dropped in to, yeah, he to dropped number, 10 in, roles. number ten role. Yeah. Um, but from a striking position, it was very different to starting in midfield and and coming yeah. really deep to... to playing progressive passes yeah. and stuff like that well we
0: pressed We pressed very clearly in a 4-4-2, yeah, and we were in a 4-4-2 which is what we did against
1: um, we've been pressing Palace in a 4 2 well. all season really um, in, in most systems it's just usually it's a midfielder it's the number 10 that joins the second strike whereas yeah. Lacazette was playing as a number 9 for a lot of the match because yeah. Aubameyang drifted over wide as well sometimes but yeah no Lacazette found himself in a sort of right half space quite a lot um, because he was the right striker, and the Balon was the left striker. Yeah. So we kind of didn't have anybody in the left. I mean, Smith Rowe came into the left half space sometimes because he was playing on the left midfield. Yeah. But I thought that this performance really just went back to fundamental football principles. Yeah. It, was, it was really back to, back to school, back to basics. Four four two. We didn't build with a back three. We we both backs were asked to underlap and overlap and just get up and down. Yeah. Very very traditional, and I think it just Aston Villa were not prepared for it. No. And I think when we pressed with two strikers against their three centre-backs, because they played a 3-4-1-2 or a 3-5-2, when D was like the key, yeah. sometimes he plays a 10, sometimes he enjoyed the three-man midfield. But I don't think they were expecting two strikers to, to really halt their... Um, playing out yeah. phase. Well, we suffocated Wendy completely as well. We did. He was sort of boxed in between Partey and Zambi and the two centre-backs. Yeah. And then we didn't really have to deal with him too Every much. time he got on the ball as well, there were at least yeah. the three three around him. We were sort
0: yeah. of hunting in packs. Yeah. Which was much different to what it was on Monday night. Where Absolutely. we were sort of pressing half-heartedly in ones.
1: I didn't think we implemented a mad, mad pressing yeah, yeah. structure. I thought it, we played in quite... Um, a medium block. So you know you talk about yeah. you do a high press, medium block or low block. Mm. Not, it's quite unusual for a team to tactically go medium block today. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like playing high line a little bit, except it wasn't really obvious. That it was a high line. But yeah. when we went to attack them, it wasn't really high up to Martinez, but it was kind of in the middle of the pitch, and then we all sort of made it shuffled yeah. to one I side. Mean, I, we do made the, it I do quite think our,
0: our defense was. Sort of five or ten yards higher than it was against exactly. The Palace. Exactly. Yeah. No, I agree. Which I think where it actually really works well for especially our two centre backs.
1: Yeah. And it and it looked almost at times like a two-four-four in four, that medium blocks yeah. you had two centre backs and then Tavares, Sami, yeah. Partey, Tomiyasu, and then the four attackers. Yeah. So like and bro- Ramsdale was sweeping a little bit as well and he, because the line was five ten yards
0: yeah. higher. Wait, um, just a, just as a quick side note. This is the most confident I've felt about a centre back pairing and goalkeeper in for such a long time. I think in my Arsenal supporting lifetime.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I, I I liked I liked Vimardin and Kachelleni back in the day, but we had no goalkeeper yeah. to back it up. Yeah. yeah, no, I agree with you. So so we we played five yards higher, which was good, and I think that might have also been because we, maybe Mikel knew that. With Watkins and Ings playing as as a double striker, yeah, in a three back system, he knew that Watkins would always peel off in behind the left channel, a bit like Varane does. Yeah, Danny Ings comes to feet a little bit more, but he also peels off. Yeah, if we're five on five yards higher, that Ings would have less space to come in and link play. He really didn't have didn't have any space. And Watkins would be caught offside a lot. And that's the pace of White and Gabrielle. Yeah, that's the in. thing.
0: It, it is, I think both White and Gabrielle are probably a little bit quicker than Watkins is. Exactly. Maybe not White, but
1: Gabrielle for sure. White's quicker than like, you imagine, but, Yeah, White yeah, but is, but quick. is quicker. Obviously, Gabrielle's <laughs> quicker.
0: I was seeing um, Wilshire was talking about... Because he's back training with us. He was talking about speaking to uh, one of the guys that does the fitness drills.
1: Sure. And... He asked who the quickest player was at Arsenal. And the guy said Tierney. Tierney. There's no way Tierney's quicker than Tavares. I mean, That's I what mean I'm thinking. seriously, man, this guy had constant energy. He was, he so was good. unbelievable yesterday. And it was because it was very classic, he didn't really have to worry about build up, he just bombed up and up and yeah. down. But um, also I think he he's much more comfortable on the ball than Tierney is. Yes, but I mean the standards not that the bar's not too high No. For that. But it was almost like I was saying to you earlier. It was almost like what, watching somebody get on an electric bike and just glide through yeah. gears. From zero to one hundred within five seconds. Yeah. It was. I mean, it was. It was quite incredible to watch. Just Tavares run hundred meters six, seven, eight times during the match. I mean, up until went the ninetieth right. minute, he was still doing it. Yeah,
0: yeah. And I uh, yeah, yeah. I I was saying to my dad, it was like the eighty fifth, eighty sixth minute, and Smith Rowe was on the ball, and Tavares was just Bang, bombing inside.
1: Tavares outside. Yeah,
0: and uh, that he was. There was an amazing run in the first half where he ended up putting it into Sky an in it. absolute yeah. rose. Yeah, 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 but the rum was nice. Yeah. And the it came from the constant pressure, um, and he provided quite a lot more energy than Tierney has been on yeah. that left-hand side for a, for a little bit.
1: As it was Wenger's birthday yesterday... We've never I lost mean, on his birthday. We've never lost on his birthday, I'm very glad that's remained... I just wanted to touch on a quote from the big man. I don't have it word for word, but it relates to us playing a 4-4-2. Obviously we played very similar formation, 4-4-2, with Henri Bergkamp up top in the Invincible era. And he said that at that moment of time, because football's evolved obviously, but at that time he said that the 4-4-2 was a good formation because what you did was you centralised 60% of your team. So yeah. you had two centre-backs, two midfielders, two yeah. strikers. Makes it hard for you to play down the middle. Yeah. It also feeds into full-backs being traditionally overlapping because the space is yeah. out wide. So I thought that was interesting and it also links into the fact that we compressed Villa in the middle of the pitch. They didn't have the chance to playing behind us which they yeah. actually tried to do because they played a three at the back and they did it in a more of a sit back counter and fashion But it didn't work for them. them I think both our wingers and our full backs meant that
0: it was really hard because they started off in a 3-5-2 yeah. it was really hard for their wing backs to push on at all because if they pushed on we just had infinite room in behind we had 2v1 in those areas against yeah. them so which sort of penned them back and if their wing backs can't overlap then they have to play down the middle it's we had the, that po- the puzzle of why Mikel played a 4-4-2 in this
1: match is all coming together in this discussion it's, yeah. quite, it's quite good and then Villa switched it at half time like, yeah. and just before we get into that I think we need to praise Mikel a bit more because he's really probably studied the way Villa played Yeah. Low block, counter, great pace, great technician to the middle of the pitch that can put little nice through balls into he's, Watkins. He is very tactically acute He because, is, not he? You can think, say what you want about him, but he's clever. I think he really marshaled all the spaces that Villa liked to operate in yesterday. Yeah. And they, they had nothing in the first
0: half. Well, and he, he clearly they'd had a look at um,
1: Villa's key players and thought, who do we need to shut out? Shut out Deere and Danny Ings in the middle by medium block. Exactly. Shut, by, by doing that, you create a slightly higher line and then you, you're trusting your centre-back still... But also, shut out... Um, and McGinn. you shut out McGinn, because he has nobody to play those longer balls, because exactly. the line is higher. Shut out the wing-backs, yeah. because we got two V1s in those areas. I don't know
0: whether you... I, I always watch... And, and uh, sorry, the
1: two strikers press a back
0: three, which means it's hard for them to play out. Exactly. I, I always watch when, when we make a new signing or whatever, there's Arsenal release behind the scenes on YouTube. Yeah. And I always watch them, and I remember um, when Mikel became manager... In that welcome video, he went straight into the analysis office sure. and he was asking him what camera angles they were using, whether we had drones, like sure. what they were doing, what they were filming and stuff like that. And I think that part a- of his attention to detail, acuity, yes. yeah,
1: just comes from that. However, much with praise we giving him, I do, in my opinion, and I may hold my hands up and make a 442 for the next two months and be outstanding in it. Yeah. But my initial opinion is that I wouldn't like us to stick with it. I think the element of surprise and the element of how it worked against this Villa team, because mm. three at the back systems can be used very differently as well. Yeah. But the way that they used three at the back worked really, really well. But actually, they knew straight away that tactically we were there to go for as well in a four four two because we had space open as well in pockets of the pitch as well with the four four two, and they came out in a four two three one. They took the centre back off and they put.
0: Like, yeah, on. put on
1: Leon Bailey on the right wing on, yeah, and for the first 10, 15 minutes of that second half, they were coming at us. They weren't carving us open. No, but you but can there see, was more, yeah, that there was a had, shift. There was a shift in momentum, and I just think that top teams and top managers like Brendan Rodgers will find tactically acute ways, yeah. just like Mikel did against Villa, to open up lots of spaces against us in a four four two.
0: But I also think it, in terms of the four four two, it just provides another formation to it does we're playing to think about it does because yeah. you think oh either they'll play their 4-2-3-1 they'll four, play their 4-4-2 four, four, or they'll play their 4-3-3 three,
1: three. so it's three and formations that you've got to prepare mentally exactly for. and also what's quite good and very clever is that those three formations they're not too dissimilar the way that we play with them and the transitions between between our attacking and defensive shapes aren't that dissimilar in each of those systems there are slight differences but they're not massive differences for the, for us A to have to be over-complicating in our heads yeah. but B it's just annoying for the opposition because they th- they think okay they've got three systems that are all quite similar but uh, in this system is going there and then bobbing out wide is the real issue we need to worry about to distill them. Yeah. In this system it's the in the four four two it's Lacazette coming in and linking absolutely everything up. Yeah. And that's the area of the pitch that we need to deal with. So it's just little little questions that pop up for the opposition. No, it's true. And then when Lacazette came off with an injury which we I bloody hope isn't It's just crap, I think. Okay, perfect. Well, when he came off, Odegaard came on and it was on normal four two three one. Yeah. I think we, we owe Arteta a lot of praise because I wasn't expecting that performance and that sort no. of shepherding of, of no. Villa's tactics. But as we said, it was what was needed. It was a must-win and it was a must-perform. And, and we did both. so So's Leicester. Leicester's a must-win because of the Palace game as well. Yeah, Not sure we will, but I'm excited now. Mm. So in this week's player ratings, I'll be asking Lowell for his top three players from yesterday's match. And then we'll see if there are any honourable <laughs> mentions for other players that did well because there are quite a lot of good performances. Yeah. Go on, in, actually, in a particular order, one being the best, okay. three being the third best. Um,
0: I'll go one Lacazette. In agreement. Two...
1: Tavares. Okay. Three, Laconga. Okay. I'll go one Lacazette, two, Benjamin White, because I know it sounds pedantic, but he did say he wants to be called Benjamin. Okay. Um... And three. It's between Tavares and Aaron Ramsdale. Just Aaron Ramsdale's distribution's been a yeah, joke. Yeah, he. is so, so good, that man. Yeah, what a bloke.
0: Obviously, honourable mention for Emil though, who I didn't who? think had an unbelievable game, but every game he's Who's just consistently high. good. Yeah. Um, and obviously
1: goal and an assist. So with with Conga, I thought that there were excellent movements where. He was driving and carving through the midfield and then switching the play and stuff. But I also thought in deeper areas, he lacked a. He almost tried to be too composed and he waited really long amounts of times for the other players to come onto him so he could change the angle. I suppose that's just. And he almost got nicked. Two or three times, I actually think that's why he came off. Right, because there were two or three times in
0: a row Why? Well, yeah, I was actually miss. saying there. There was a time where he got he got the ball nicked off him on the edge of the box. Yeah. and that's as, as soon as that happened, Arteta called for the. Yeah, switch. but
1: it didn't just happen once. It happened two or three times. So I thought it was a bit of a mixed performance where he did some things really well. Yeah, and there, it was worrying and other times because he was at full for one of the goals like, on Monday, and it's like right. hadn't, yeah. hadn't yeah. No, yeah, I haven't. Yeah, yeah. I was just a big fan
0: of his driving through the line. It was lovely, which yeah. we haven't really. It, it was quite. Vieira
1: esque. The well they looked through in, the midfield. It's that again it was that back to football foundation principle, but yeah. whatever you want to put it, where you have two midfielders, one goes, one stays, yeah. and the role of the one that goes is to drive. Yeah. When you play a double pivot in the four two three one, one, you very much get less of that because yeah. the number ten's role or the inverted winger's role is to cover those areas. So you're much more of a deeper playmaker. But with with that party suits it really well as well. You can you've got the ability to drive through. Yeah. Twenty yards and then pick a pass off. Well, I think. So I agree. agree. No, he was good in that sense. I think both midfielders need to
0: work on their shooting a little bit. Though. Absolutely. Despite yeah. Partey scoring his first goal, it was basketball. so funny
1: actually. So he hit the bar about five minutes before his goal. Yeah, it was an actually quite good effort for when he. Hit yeah, the it bar. was. It was a lovely time. Hook it round. And yeah, so me, Ref, and, and Jacob were having a bit of, bit of a laugh. For another fan around us um, in, in in our seating area, and we were saying do you think Partey will ever score for Arsenal? Is that the closest he's ever going to come? Yeah. And then Raph was going, next game, next game. And then he said to me, actually Costa, I said that about Francis Coquelin as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And, uh, and after he scored his header, he had another header. He'd clearly been trained to go front post headers. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, um, I th- I, it was really weird. We rarely take good corners. There's so many good corners. Every corners yesterday corner
0: yesterday. we took yesterday On was the brilliant. Yeah. I didn't get yeah, our know, set piece coach from Man City's finally coming through. Oh yeah, the bloke that gets yeah, up yeah. and he always walks into Arteta. He's a bit, he's We're a bit
1: clumsy. It, that man. Yeah, we have a, a dream team with him and Airport Albert. Absolutely. Al- airport Albert. Albert is one of my favourite. He's man, a legend. Time. Yeah. What a bloke! I'd love to, to do an interview with him. I reckon he's got a such a good
0: backstory. Yeah, word. Um, what else do we usually do? We do Arteta. We do
1: Arteta. I, I give Arteta an eight. I give him a nine because I think yeah. just the anything surprise and. Yeah. Just, he really got everything right. And what's on you? What? Player of the Opposition. Player of the Opposition. That is new. We didn't do that last week. Yeah, we did. Did we? Who was it last week? I oh, yeah, yeah. It, you I gave, it gave it to Gallagher. Gallagher. Oh, no, I gave it to Edwards. No, yeah. Go on, you go first. Um, Jacob Ramsey. Boy, he slapped that bin. Yeah, it was a really, <laughs> really good Disgusting finish. Help. Um... Yeah, I'm gonna agree because nobody yeah. was good for them, and he scored he a goal. Maybe Leon Bailey brought a little bit he of energy, a bit of energy didn't he? Bit of directness. Yeah.
0: Okay, so we're gonna carry on with our new section. Harry's gonna take over this week. Um, we, what did we call it last week? It was a bad name. It was a bad name. It was like I football was player so, history or yeah, something. Yeah,
1: something rubbish like that. We kind of tried to... Our new it name for it. Moment.
0: The section is going to be called Whatever Happened To. And this week,
1: Harry, who are you going to be doing? A gent called Tommy Lawton. So, whatever Tell happened to Tell us about you? him. Yeah. Right, so he was a... Uh, all round number nine striker, he had everything apparently, but we got him right towards the back end of his career. Right for two seasons, for thirty five appearances. Okay, any goals? Thirteen, decent, uh, not bad. Young, but he wasn't, he wasn't in his prime. We got him towards the end of his his career, but there was some points in his career which I found quite interesting and his personal life is also just a mess it's quite quite an interesting what sort of era are we talking we're talking 1936 to 1956 where his his was a 20 year career he played for Arsenal in 53 to 55 Okay. um so he he grew up just out he grew up in Bolton I believe in Farnworth sorry but raised in Bolton in Bolton um obviously Bolton and Burnley are rivals Mm. And he played amateur football at a club called Rossendale United before he turned professional at Burnley at the age of 17. However, he also played cricket for Burnley Cricket Club, which is just outside the stadium where oh, we, we went uh, to. Yeah, where, that's where we best, went before, thought, the, before the game. It's a nice little link into the podcast. So, yeah. Before his first big move for six and a half thousand grand. Six and a half thousand grand? You know, six know. and a half grand. Yeah, but I like to emphasise that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, six and a half grand to Everton, where he won the league. Before wow. having to stop playing football due to the Second World War, right? Did, w- w- did he serve in the Second World War? It doesn't say on Wikipedia. But it suggests that he didn't. Okay. I don't, and maybe footballers had exemptions or something. I don't well, know, I doubt w- it. That time there was
0: one that I was looking at that uh, maybe we'll I- I'll do him in a later section. But he uh, he hid at Highbury. Um, while they were coming round to um, sign people up for the war, he hid in the Highbury dressing
1: rooms. Sure. Lived there okay. for two weeks. Wow. When the war finished and football resumed on a more regular basis, he then signed for Chelsea for 14 grand. Wow. And he scored a club record 26 goals in 34 league games in the 46 47 season. So, talking one of the best strikers in England. Yeah. And then. He's just decided two years later just to cut from playing high-level football. He's got a 20 grand move to Knotts County in the third division. Very strange. Must Where have Knotts County got that kind of money from? Well, I, in don't, division know, three. Historic, I don't know. It doesn't make much sense, but yeah. it shows that sort of footballers moving for big money, probably he got higher wages in the yeah, third division yeah. somehow. It has always been prominent. Anyway, he, he, helped, he helped them win promotion by 1950. Before he moved to Brentford for for another club record fee of sixteen grand. Wow. He was commanding some of um, fees. Yeah, he was, so he must have been good. And then Brentford appointed him player manager, even though he, and but he got the boot after nine months. Okay. Which was then he decided to come to the Mighty Arsenal. Nice. We signed him in November nineteen fifty three for ten K, where he saw the remainder of his playing career. But he wasn't at his peak anymore. He sort of slowed down quite a fair bit. Right. He then went into management, which is all quite boring. Essentially, in his football career, that, that's sort of it. He he played for... Not only for England, but he played for something at the time called the Football League Eleven. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, which played, like, charity one-off matches against Great Britain. It's yeah. so a little bit like in the NBA, you have the... The All Stars Game, yes, so yeah. like All Stars East, All Stars exactly. West, exactly. Yeah, and they play against Great Britain a bit like the Olympic team, right? Um, and his ashes are buried in the Natural Football Museum, and in two thousand and three, he was inducted into the English Football Hall of Fame. So that was his sort of playing career, right? His personal life is is fairly um, hectic, okay. So he married a woman called Rosalind May Cavanagh. I don't know how to pronounce his own name, okay. In nineteen forty one they had one child together called Amanda so Rosalie never watched him play during their 10 year marriage she, she just decided she wasn't she just wasn't refused yeah okay so that's not a great sort of start to their, their relationship divorce was then granted with a decree nisi, issue which I won't pretend I know what it means I think uh, potentially they
0: were part of the Catholic Church and would need yes, permission think, um, for divorce sure on yes, sort
1: yeah, of yeah, yes, yes, what yes, were the grounds for the divorce that were granted yeah, quite interesting. This so, this was in nineteen fifty-one. After his wife Rosaline was found to have committed adultery with Notts County Director Adrian Van Geffen. Oh, okay. So you know. So back from his old, back from his, his old club. He's he's gone to Division Three for the money, and and, and she's, she's she's been she's gone go. with the director. She's been behind the scenes with the director the whole time. So yeah. interesting. You yeah. know, scandalous stuff, really. Anyhow, he never saw his daughter again. Amanda, the one that he had with, right. with Rosaline. Okay. Never saw her again, and therefore wasn't required to pay child support. So he basically had, had a daughter had a daughter that he never saw for the rest of his life. Okay. It's quite sad. Although he did hear from her later on in life, only because she was convicted of stealing from a playwright, George Alex Axelrod, in 1968, okay. by which time his ex-wife, Rosaline, was on her fourth marriage and living in Jamaica. So they couldn't contact her mother. So right. they contacted her father who she never spoke to because she'd been arrested Because she'd been convicted of um, yeah stealing stealing a playwright's material. Okay. So it's quite it's all quite scandalous his personal life. Yeah, There's lots of sort of ups and downs. Mm. And yeah, his his, his first wife had buckled off to Jamaica with her fourth husband by that time. So. Okay, I like that. Yeah, good from her. Anyway anyway, he, he married um, another lady called Gladys Rose in nineteen fifty two, who he had a son called who he called Thomas Junior. Okay, Tommy nice. Jr. Gladys was also divorced and her ex-husband sort of cited Tommy Lawton as a co-respondent in, in their divorce sort of proceedings because him and his second wife had started seeing each other whilst his second wife was still married to her first husband. Uh, so again, more scandalous okay. behaviour. This this did not go down well with Gladys' family, I tell you. They were very, very strict Catholics. Right. And Gladys was completely ostracised by her family. They weren't having any of her. Or okay. Tommy didn't like him. Um, yes, Gladys had had a daughter, Carol, from a previous marriage, who Tommy just decided to raise as his own. Oh, okay. Which is quite nice, I guess, supposing that he'd lost his actual daughter. Yeah. So there's some sort of happy lining, and then his son, their son together, Tommy Junior, went on to play rugby union for Leicester Tigers.
0: Didn't he? Yeah. Nice. Glad.
1: Yeah. And then it goes on and on. This guy had quite a creative mind, it seems, because he starred alongside actresses Thora Hurd and Diana Dawes in the 1953 film The Great Game. Okay. Which I haven't seen, but it must be to do with football because he played himself in a cameo. As a, He made a cameo as himself in it. Right. Um, which I don't really know where I stand on that. Is that a good or a bad thing? Well, I don't know. Don't mind. Don't you know. know, we'll have to give it a watch. But he also, throughout the 1950s, on the backdrop of his personal life being so scandalous... He, he he went on to appear on What's My Line, which was like a radio and television program, and right. he published four books: Tommy Lawton's All Star Football Book, Soccer the Lawton Way, My Twenty Years of Soccer, and When the Cheering Stops. Right. So he's really dining out on his. He really his really career. dragging every juice of energy he was playing for oh. out in, in books. Well, fair play to him. But he had an eventful life. And-
0: Better than uh, Peter Story, who just decided to turn to being a criminal.
1: Yeah. So.
0: I respect that from him. Yeah, and decent from Tommy. Nice. Well, thank you for that, Harry. That's all right. Okay, so I'm just editing this now and was researching Tommy Lawton a bit more because I was quite interested in him. And I was reading an article that he actually had to beg for money after he retired, which I just thought I'd add in there on top of Harry's stuff. So it was an article in 2016 on the BBC and there were some letters that were written from him to Lord Attenborough where he asked for a loan of two hundred and fifty pounds which is about three thousand seven hundred today because during his playing career he earned only fifteen pounds a week which roughly about two hundred pounds in today's money and he fell on really hard times after he retired and These letters that he wrote to Lord Attenborough were being auctioned and they sold for like 400, 500 quid. I thought that was quite interesting. And the letters showed that Lawton later asked for help getting a job with a singer called Adam Faith, who had started a furnishing firm. But after these letters were written, his relationship with Attenborough turned sour when Lawton failed to pay him £10 for two FA Cup final tickets he provided to him in 1971. So there we go. Okay, so it's time for this week's quiz. I'm going to be asking Harry this time. Harry's 2-1 up from last week. So here we go. Right. Who is the only player to have scored more Premier League goals at the Emirates than Aubameyang? And I'd... Do you know what? I'll give you a bonus point if you can get how many this person has scored and how many Albers scored.
1: Okay. There's only one person I can think that has. But then am I getting overshadowed by the fact he had two or three really good seasons and the rest were quite injury-riddled at the Emirates? Okay. I think I know... Okay. I'm not sure I got that, but let's move on. Go on then. for it. Yeah. Okay. So
0: during Leicester's title-winning season, sure. In 2015, 2016. Yeah. What were the scores of Arsenal's two games against
1: Leicester? Easy. And the scorers, please. All of the scorers. Yeah. So I only get the whole point if I get all all oh, right. Right. Okay. That's quite okay. It's quite harsh. No, not really. They're both very memorable games. Well, there was a hat trick in one. Yeah. Yeah. And are there any crossovers of scorers between the two games? I mean, I know Alexis, who scored the hat trick, didn't score in the other game. Okay, well, back would probably be injured.
0: There are four
1: scorers across those two games. Okay, cool. So I'm just missing one player. Um, Alright, I'm probably going to miss it out by one player, like I usually do with these ones. <clears throat> okay.
0: Okay, and the last question in 2014-2015 Arsenal beat Aston Villa three times what were the scores of those three games? fucking
1: hell no right okay 2014-15 one yeah. was the Ozil flick into Giroud one was Ramsey's want? you want, want Ramsey this, this is a, such a hard a question. question go on then so 14-15 was the season we beat them in the cup final right yeah
0: Do you, want, did you ask all the goal scorers as well? no no just the scores they
1: didn't score a goal. Okay. Oh okay, uh, No, I think no, I think I think I've got it. I think I've got it. I think if, think if two I think two of the score lines might have been the same. If you want me to make it easier,
0: I'll give you it if you can tell me the aggregate score line from those
1: three games. No, it doesn't make it easier. It's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Okay. I'm just thinking like It does make it easier, because you don't have to get all three scores. I think I've got all three, but if okay. I'm if I'm narrowly
0: wrong, I'll hold my hands up and you take the dub for the week. Alright. Uh, so who's the only player to have scored
1: more Premier League goals at the Emirates than Oba? I feel like I'm going to get it wrong and then when I hear who it is I'm going to be annoyed with myself. I've gone Van Persie, it could be Walcott. No, that's correct. It is correct. Van Persie. And there's a bonus point for, for the goals. For both of them. I've gone Oba 91. 91? Oh, that's all of his goals, isn't it? Yeah. At the Emirates. Okay, his Oba's like 51, 53. No. I overscored oh, 42 42 and I've got Van Persie 103 no 46 46 okay
0: so nowhere near the bonus point um, fine but you've got the point for that one yeah um, okay score and the scorers from the two games against Leicester so 15 five, five, five,
1: did I have to get the Leicester scorers as well no no okay 5-2 um, away yeah power. Alexis Hattrick Walcott scored yeah and then here's where it's going to go wrong I've just gone for Giroud he did, he did score yeah oh, he did score then i got it and 2-1 at home welbeck and Walcott. yeah you can't forget that one nice and good then, work yeah and then villa the three scores. well you very kindly reminded me but i'd probably i'd like to think i would have got it with a bit bit more thinking time four nil in the epic Art final yeah two nil at home well, this was one where Oz was on that ridiculous assist it yeah, wasn't there. that one it was? I don't think it was.
0: It, this was I'm the season we beat him 5 0 at home and 3 0 away. I got the 3 0 away. Yeah. Well, we beat him 5 0 at home.
1: Are you sure it's not? Because I remember we had that boomer kit with the white big bit there. that's 24-15. spent a long time looking
0: this up. Bellerin scored quite late on um, in that game. He side for the bottom corner. Was that corner?
1: Assist against, not against Villa then? Am I thinking of a It was either? against
0: Villa. It was. But I think that was the season before or the season after. Or we just won five nil that game, and he—I
1: think that might have been one of the goals in that game. Maybe. Okay, but we won five nil. Yeah. So two one to you again. Yes. So it is. You are four two two ahead. Not too bad. No, it's all within touching distance.
0: I've got a got a week to claw it back.
1: It's only one more game for the international break again. Seriously. seriously. Ah, that's dire. Yeah.
0: Okay, so it's another one of those podcasts where we've got a League Cup game in between doing our next one.
1: Yeah, unfortunately I'm not going to be able to watch it, which will be really frustrating. Harry's put himself in for work. Yeah, well, more so it's been just been given to me. Just Can't really say no. You? Can you? Yeah, that's fair. Um, Important, in my opinion, that we keep Cup run going.
0: Yeah, it'd be nice to keep momentum going. Um, and it'd be nice to see a couple of the players that haven't really had that much you of a know, chance. Martinelli, Martin Pepe, Yeah.
1: Maybe maybe start Eddie up front if Lacazette needs a bit of recovery time. Yeah. But Leicester's the big one. Leicester's the big one. Yeah. And it'd be really massive if we got 3 points away at Leicester it would compensate for dropping two at home to Palace. Exactly. And be in an okay position I think.
0: Yeah. Well, let's hope next week's episode is as happy as this one. This week's
1: one was. Next week's one might be our first episode on Zoom. Oh yeah, because Harry, Harry's off to Bristol. Well, I could, well, we couldn't get a ticket. I couldn't get a ticket for Leicester away, unfortunately. Yeah, we going only get one floor, so I'm going to be going to Bristol for Halloween. So we'll, we'll be doing the podcast from Bristol. Yeah, hopefully we'll we'll figure
0: out something. It'll be good. Yeah, yeah they're always good.
1: It's always good here. It's a
0: high standard. The bar is up there. The bar is high. All right. See you then, lads. Take care, guys.